It's just the comments. You're the comments. You just, I'll do that. Oh. I was just going to say, like, we need to, Bob, do you want to handle Twitch? Yeah. Okay. And I'll handle the comments on the books of faces. (sighs) Now I can't get that song out of my head. Which? You know what? What I was just talking about. My mind has gone blank. Like walking to the refrigerator. A song? Celine Dion song. Oh, oh, oh God, I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's been a night. It's been it's it's a different change of pace from the entire week having Hamilton song stuck in my head. <laughs> that happens, though, right? Oh, someone. I keep someone today. Be back. You'll be back. Will that, not leave my brain. That pops up every now and then. But like today, someone said, uh, "Beg, borrow, and steal," and I went, "Beg, steal, borrow, or barter." Look, the hurricane just, came. In. Can we just say that that portrayal of Jefferson is one of the greatest oh. in history? Look, can we just say that uh, Davi Diggs is is a treasure? Yes. Just him like dancing around half the time, just so excited to be doing stuff. You're like, oh my god! <laughs> also, I can't unsee all of the mics. Yeah, my like, dad brought it up. He's like, I can't. He's like, I noticed it on the one chick, and now it's everywhere. And then suddenly, it's like, I can see the mic hanging from everybody's forehead now, yep. right in their hairline. <laughs> Bizarrely enough. The face mics, like the one Washington has to wear. Yeah, that's what he was saying. He's that's, like, that's more covert than the giant one in their head. Yeah, that's what he was pointing. He's like, the ones actually on the sides of their head are like, I can deal with that. It's the ones that they're trying to be sneaky with that are bugging me. And it, the sneaky would work in a traditional theater setting. Yeah. When you're, you know, 50 feet away, you're not going to see that. But when they're zooming in, you're just seeing this little... Yep. Like I think the first one I saw it on was was on Lin-Manuel Miranda's hairline and I'm just like oh no. <laughs> uh Oh gosh. So, All right, I've not gotten to try this beer yet and I've been dying to cuz everyone's been oh, going yeah. nuts about it. So they I was listening to uh Street Sides take on the uh Black is Beautiful. Ooh. Supposed nice. to be all nice and what all's in it? Imperial stout with macadamia and mm. coconut coffee. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Chris, why you got me rethinking my choice of just drinking more pale ale for the day? Oh my god, that's good. <laughs> Try that. Mm. I can't. You've kept it from me <laughs> on purpose, I might add. Oh. I mean, you can come up here. Oh, <laughs> well, you can get. I'm sure Ethereal is going to do their version of it if they signed on to do it. I don't know if they did. I, 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 I don't know. I haven't had a chance to. I haven't had a chance to go down there in a while. Like my one day off is devoted now to like laundry and grocery shopping. Laundry and booze. That's no, no, that's roasted cinnamon. Is what that taste mm. smells like. It's good. <laughs> Yeah, as, uh, anyway, I was listening to uh, um, Make Me Smart podcast, and uh dude was talking just like a brief opinion on the Hamilton thing. He was like, Lin-Manuel Miranda, while a genius, not a very good, a- good actor. And I'm just like, 
No, I, I would counter. He's a better actor than he is. Okay. I don't mean to sound this negatively. I don't think he's a great singer. He's a fantastic rapper, and he's a decent actor, especially for musicals, he's, where yeah. everything's got to be like yeah. here. Uh, the rapper thing, then, yes, like yes, and like he wrote the stuff, and most of the songs are in his are in his range. Uh, but like, if anything tries to make him get outside of his range. Yeah, because his no. voice is definitely not. He he does not have have the vocal range of uh, like either of the prominent Skylar sister actresses. Oh, oh yeah, all of them. I, holy oh, God! God. Also, uh, someone pointed out the problematic uh, uh, aspects of say no to this <laughs> to me, and I'm like, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, they try to frame it a certain way, and then I stop and go. But that's victim blaming, and it is told from a white man's perspective. Oh man! Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I uh, you know historical. I don't even want to say this. Some inconsistencies, we'll say. Well, yeah. well it's <clears throat> so that was like all the everyone blew up at him after it was on there. There's like, how could you leave all this out and ignore this? And he stops and he's like, well, I have I two hours. Con- yeah, he's like, I had two and a half hours. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's 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 a somewhat it's had to tell a cohesive story in two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, we have to make some changes. You got to do something. Aaron Burr is going to be a little bit more involved in some things just to make it thematically work. And but they you know, they were very entwined in each other's lives. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just still like the moment Jefferson. What I miss? Yeah. <laughs> what I miss? With uh, the music and everything. Oh. oh no! There's a second in that too. <laughs> When he's doing it, and he just looks over, and he goes like, "Sally dear, be a dear." It's like, "Sally, be a dear," and open that letter. And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> oh, you monster!" Yeah. And I said that everybody's like, "Cause, cause," I start watching it. I get like two songs in. Adam comes in. Like I'm in like the second song. He's like, "What are you watching, Hamilton?" Oh, you can join if you want. No, it's fine. I'll I'll, I'll watch it all later. Okay. Let me just finish this song. Yeah. Next song. This is this is a really catchy song. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sits down. A couple minutes later. Okay, move over. Okay. <laughs> You're like, no, that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh no, he he enjoyed it too. Uh and then afterwards I showed him the Hamilton polka. <laughs> oh. We didn't watch that yet. So I don't know if you heard the rumor. Uh we had to we were watching some Disney stuff about possible changes to other rides in the parks after the announcement of uh, Splash Mountain being rethemed. Oh, they, they, I saw someone sign a petition. Did they actually... There was no... Years ago, like a couple of years, more than a couple of years ago, Disney has known Splash Mountain as a problem. Mm-hmm. Everyone has. It's not just because it's based on a racist dance. Yeah. It's that no one knows those characters no one knows any of that it's no because one knows. they did a they did a, a very strong job of uh <laughs> colonizing that that part of their history went nope 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 
just treat it like his name is uh treat it like his name is uh oh crap what about trotsky thank you yep that's pretty much what happened but except you know trotsky was well kind of a monster but a different kind of monster <laughs> well then as they just rushed the announcement like yeah that's when they stopped and they're like imagineering's been working on retheming this for over a year now they're like just, with what's going on they're like we're just gonna go ahead and announce it it probably wouldn't have actually been announced until next year it's like we're just gonna go ahead and announce it but of watching videos about what uh, uh rumored updates coming and things that are strongly rumored in the works and it's a uh, oh. redoing of the hall of presidents because they th think it's terrible that the sitting president gets so much time and that's not just a jab at trump <laughs> but also i mean so they are going to, apparently it's rumored, well, it's confirmed the two people who are going to build a soundtrack for the new show are going to be Lin-Manuel Miranda and, and Weird Al. Oh, I was going to say, and me. I'm going to give them all the historical <laughs> knowledge they need. But no, uh, Miranda and Weird Al are going to build can... a new soundtrack and attraction, a new show that'll be based on the presidents and history. They can call me anytime. I will <laughs> I will give them minutia on every president. I can do it. I mean, we know that. <laughs> yeah, I thought that would excite you. I mean, you can't see because I shoot from, you know, <laughs> chest up. But All the more reason for us to do a massive trip to Disney World when, when it's safe to do so. And yes, people are going now, but it's really not that safe. I mean, they're, they're, it's being opened with restrictions. Uh, it's just dumb to go because not even half of everything's open. Right. Yeah. I wonder if they're... I mean, just imagine the savings. The, no, there aren't any. What are you talking no. about? I mean, on there, Disney, there's still, time, Disney is still not, not like lowering prices to get people in the no. doors. No. Nope. Everything is full priced. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's like, no savings. Bob's like, I need a drink for that. I do. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we want to give this uh, a practice oh, run yeah, through? Uh, yeah, which would be a try to test my soundboard. Do, 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 test do, do, do. Who's oh, okay? Who's on first? You. I am. I, bu I was I being a smart ass, but I bought a. Uh create your own six pack today of mostly pale ales just grabbing stuff for the for today's episode and extra because it's hot and i was like i can't walk out of here with all of this all this pale ale and nothing dark give me that old rasputin mm, yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a mixture <laughs> five pale ales and one rest one old rasputin i just imagine them like looking at going what <laughs> but the people checking me out i imagine look at it and go well oh, that's just do, 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 don't care what's here and I feel like I got more like whoever was checking me out was questioning it more as a dude walks up with three single bottles of beer, <laughs> non-special release, just three random ass bottles of beer. And they're like, whatever, Alki. <laughs> All right, uh, let's do a, let's do this practice run. I'm just kind of wondering if like at some point they're just like, are you okay? Or <laughs> that's what you buy us. Uh, you buy a, a pack of condoms and a, and a flare gun. <laughs> yeah. 
that way you just keep them guessing what 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 are they doing what is happening like they don't say anything but the whole time they're just giving this look this look like firing flares into the condom i don't understand (laughs) they having sex while drinking and firing flare guns off into the sky it's party i don't know (laughs) all right okay uh practice run for the news This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of July 11th, 2020. ABM Bev is being sued for abusing a distributor. How surprising. Well, they have $5 million less million after the TTB is done with them. Diageo is making a carbon-neutral facility for Bullet. How? And brewers take lemons and make lemonade, or rather whiskey. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Yeah, I won't screw mine up, and we'll be fine. <laughs> I'd, I'd paste mine oddly my bad no no you're fine uh that's a that's why we do a little test one usually just to yeah work the kinks out just to tweak it the nipples oh crap i can't think of a kink song now (laughs) i've worked them out they're just yeah yeah out of the brain worked all those kinks out all right are we ready to yeah do you have the uh the facebook thing up yep okay my phone's on vibrate. Okay. All right. Let's uh by the way, Brittany, did did the uh intro music sound a little tinny to you, or is that just me? Um I thought it sounded it okay, but hit it again, let's see. Oh, okay. Yeah. We got to sit through this. Oh, the yeah. You mean oh. like the mu- the actual music part later? Yeah, like the well, no, no, like like the the, the opening. Oh, like okay. all of it sounds like it's. I'm also wearing different headphones, so that could be it. I think it's, uh, it sounds fine to me. Okay, it's fine. Like I said, I I just was making sure I wasn't crazy. Well, and honestly, it's been tricky trying to figure out like. I don't know. Sometimes I've noticed the sounds. Seem, seem fine and then in the in the playback because i'm having to, the way i'm having to download the episodes like things sound a little wonky so i don't know it could be part of it okay well no, um, it's fine we're all fine here how are you okay so i am gonna go ahead and get this started all right this podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of July 11th, 2020. ABM Bev is being sued for abusing a distributor. How surprising. Well, they have $5 million less dollars to do it after the TTB is done with them. Diageo is making a carbon neutral facility for Bullet. How? And brewers take lemons and make lemonade, or rather whiskey. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker, and let's get right into it. An Anheuser-Busch wholesaler in Connecticut is suing the world's largest beer manufacturer, alleging alleging that the maker of Bud Light conspired with a now-former employee to damage the business and force a sale to the distributorship. 
New Haven, Connecticut based. And other news, water wet. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. This has never happened before. New Haven, Connecticut based DiCello Distributors is suing Anheuser-Busch claiming AB engaged in an ongoing conspiracy with Sal DiBetta, a former, former employee who later worked as CEO of the wholesaler between 2013 and 2016, as well as other unnamed parties to undermine DiCello and force President John Hall's family to sell the business to AB, according to a complaint filed on June 17th in the Connecticut Superior Court. That's hmm. a so I was initially in my mind ring through was like, what is this like some back stock boy like doing some kind of no like <laughs> former CEO yeah, of the... like yeah. a little more high <laughs> up. Uh Dicello, which distributes AB products in Fairfield, New Haven, and Middlesex counties, alleges that the conspiracy led to the company to uh, incur significant financial losses. The lawsuit alleges breach of fiduciary duty. Breaching of contract, unfair trade practices. Oh my god, the tortious, tortious interference. Ah. Yeah, fraud, theft. You know, just the whole. It's a the list, you guys. It's <laughs> nothing. AB has not been accused of in the past. The company is seeking monetary and punitive damages, attorneys' fees, and costs. Uh, a finding that the equity agreement is invalid and unforceable, and other relief. Because you know, yeah, you know, they they got to get theirs. We all do. Oh. Uh, no, like I, I guess I mean they'll probably go into it a little bit further in the article, but I assume that they're saying that somehow this guy worked in such a way that he screwed the business over, so they'd be in a bad shape that AB and Bev could come in and go, well, we run Barter Town. No, we could help you out with that. Well, uh, in the court findings, Shella claims AB forced a dis- distribution agreement upon the company in violation of Connecticut laws and the three-tiered distribution system by imposing unreasonable and excessive operation methods and methodologies, as well as trying to force the company to sell equity in the business to AB's approved manager. Whether the manager can afford to buy said interest at fair market value or not, that like tier system will get you every time. I feel like we've heard about them doing something like this before too. Like, yeah, no, no, you, we'd like to sell. Okay, fine. Well, what if we sell? No, 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 no. Only to him. But what about crazy money bags McGee over there? No, no, no. Only I'm to the pinnacle sure hobo right here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they've been busted for it in Ohio and Kentucky. In the past, uh, again, we're all shocked. Shocked. It's crazy news. Shell there's alleges... drinking going on in this establishment. <laughs> Shello also alleges AB tried to enforce an equity agreement on the wholesaler that threatened them with consequences for non-compliance, including forced sale of the distributorship. Uh, Leonard Reisfeld, uh, the attorney for DiCello, told Brewbound, where we sourced that the equity agreement violates Connecticut state law and the three-tier system of distribution. Their equity agreements uh, seeks to force a wholesaler or distributor to give or sell, but I mean, if necessary, to give a manager a piece of the action. <laughs> a pretty big piece of the action, actually. <laughs> hmm. Uh, then this is for, from their lawyer, my client refused. Uh, and since then, my client has been threatened by AB. They wanted somebody 
more complacent in there than them. Wow. Uh, AB has not responded. Well, comment. sure. I mean, that's uh, that seems kind of like what they they would like. like well, look, this last guy worked right, just fine for us. You should let him back in, and maybe he owns everything now. And you know, also give us foot rubs. <laughs> look, yeah. it's none of this. Like, there's a little more on here that's less damning than the rest of this, but it's still. Is something about top performers getting bonuses and whatnot, but uh, who's surprised? Nobody. I mean, it, it's not like they're they're facing other legal troubles. They couldn't be. I mean, what else could have landed? Not in their at lap? the end of. That's crazy. Well, they've agreed that they're no longer in legal trouble with the TTBs. They've agreed to pay a record five million dollar offer. Uh, in compromise or OIC offering compromise, sorry, uh, for an alleged trade practice violation regarding to sports and entertainment sponsorships, the alcohol, uh, the alcohol, uh, tobacco trade and tax bureau announced today, uh, or the TTB. Additionally, the AB importer and wholesale per- wholesaler permits were suspended for two days in Littleton, uh, Littleton, Colorado, and four days in Denver. Uh, yeah, this feels a bit like a slap on the wrist for the amount of money they make, but yeah. Look, it's it's Denver. No one was sad. There's plenty of good beer floating around. That's true. Uh, this is, uh, TTB is being quoted as saying, this $5 million, uh, OIC resolves any such alleged violations that may have taken place throughout the United States through July 2nd, 2020. That almost sounds like, hey, look, they've paid, they've paid us off sufficiently enough. We're good. <laughs> I know that's not exactly what's happening. You but know, it's, it's, it's what's happening. No, it's it's like, like, look, instead of us hitting you with this much larger fine that you'll fight in court, and we'll have to spend our budget in court fighting. What if instead you just pay us this amount? Does that sound fine? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what feels like happened. Well, five million is the largest offer in compromise collected to date by the TTB. Uh, Thomas Hogue, uh, spokesman for the federal agency, confirmed uh, with Brew Round, where we got this one as well. Uh, AB's offer tops a two point five million fine collected just last year from Heineken USA for alleged trade practice violations. Oh yeah, we we covered that story. I remember that. Uh, the alleged violations of the uh, of the Federal Alcohol Administration, the FAA Act, different FAA, uh, <laughs> occurred between July 1st, 2016 and December 31st, 2018. They include entering into a sponsorship agreements with various entities in the sports and entertainment industries, requiring concessionaries and other retailers to purchase AB malt beverages and prohibiting them from purchasing specific competitor brands. Yeah, that that seems like something they would never do. No, uh, never. Inducing sports industry concessionaries to purchase AB malt beverages by furnishing fixtures, equipments, and services. I mean, it's a step up to pre-prohibition saloon days where it was literally like, here, just take the saloon. You only serve our beer, but just take it. Okay. Uh Reimbursing through credit card swipes retailers for the cost of installing malt beverage drafts dispensing systems, thereby inducing them to purchase AB's malt beverages. 
again, the saloon system from <laughs> of de- of centuries past. Yeah, that's 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 not even essentially. That's what they're trying to bring back. Yes, requiring retailers to purchase AB malt beverages in return for uh, such retailers' use of equipment. AB furnished them free of charge or below market value. I uh, keep saying malt beverages, and my brain be- doesn't equate it to beer. You're just picturing them like these concessions were all about, uh, you know, Colt 45s. <laughs> <laughs> Billy like, D's, they're going like, what? What's you? What are you talking about, guys? There are a lot of little kings. <laughs> no, uh, Mickey's. Mickey's oh, fine malt liquor. Mickey's, Mickey's, yeah. I don't know who uh, makes Mickey's. I've had a little green grenade forever. Sorry, the <laughs> tangent. <laughs> derailed, derailed. Uh, using third parties, business entities, and payment services to provide money or things of value to retailers in exchange for placement of AB's malt beverages. Hmm. And paying retailers pr- uh, pr- purportedly for items such as consumer samplings uh, when, in fact, the retailers did not receive those goods or services reportedly purchased, and such payments were actually for AB product placement. I mean, at least it wasn't, like, under a folder marked, totally not bribes. <laughs> or maybe totally. it was. Maybe that's why they're paying so much. Was it like that? the horrible uh, envelope from uh, The Departed? Where it's like... They're trying to write citizens on it, it to wrong. be covert, and then it's spelled wrong, so someone just like crosses it out and then writes it on there. <sighs> well, the TTB remains committed to putting an end to anti-competitive practices that negatively impact law-buying businesses, preventing consumers from enjoying a wide selection of products uh, they were put out in the press release. Uh, an AB spokesman said the company has always maintained the highest standard of business integrity and ethics, including working closely with regulators, uh, as we have done in this instance. You wouldn't have to have done that in this instance had you been acting in the highest standards <laughs> of integrity and ethics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, what, what was the story we just ran before this about how they don't act in the highest integrity and ethics? Also, I, I've been, just been handed this note that uh, Mickey's <laughs> is owned by Miller. Oh, okay. Mickey's fine malt liquor and the little green grenades that like to put the little uh, image puzzle on the cap. And they're like, well, let's see if your drunk ass can solve this. Or I think the, the thing was, because uh, they're real easy if you're sober to solve. <laughs> it's like when you can't solve it, you need to stop drinking. <laughs> you need to put the Mickey's down at that point. Uh <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe you can get into that sublime state where you're drunk enough to figure out how you can make a carbon neutral neutral bullet facility. Hopefully. Uh, on Monday, Diageo North America announced plans for its first ever U.S. carbon neutral distillery. For those unfamiliar with Diageo, somehow, the multinational alcohol conglomerate is owns one, the world. <laughs> it's one of the world. They basically own scotch. Yeah. It's one of the world's leading beer and spirits producers. It owns a large roster of household brands, including. Hold Johnny on, let's Walker. see if let's see if I recognize any of these names. Johnny Walker. Yep. Crown Royal. Yep. Bullet. Yep. Spearnoff. Yep. Kettle One. Yep. Captain Morgan. Yep. Bailey's. Yep. Don Julio. Nope. Tank yeah, Gray. Yeah. And Guinness. <laughs> Although we had to look it up, they do not own Guinness. Not anymore. Uh, they haven't actually. They haven't owned Guinness since like 2000. So the, this article is about 20 years off. It was when we were looking at this, we were just like, well, Diageo doesn't own them now because in our Guinness episode, I'm pretty sure that's what we said. 
because sort of research research pointed out and then we had to look and it was sold to some kind of entertainment firm in 2001 and they themselves in 2002 sold to a bigger entertainment firm yeah weird stuff uh so currently under construction in lebanon kentucky didn't know that existed Carbon Neutral Distillery is being built specifically for Diageo's Bullet Bourbon brand. The 72,000-square-foot facility will have the capacity to produce 10 million gallons of 100-proof alcohol per year. In order to become carbon neutral, the distillery will run on 100% renewable energy and will incorporate a range of innovative features and strategies. These concepts including, uh, or include using electrode boilers for steam production, electric on-site vehicles, including trucks and forklifts, solar-powered lighting, when possible, and recycling as many production materials as possible. So it just kind of dawned on me. It would be really easy to do this because most of the gases and things that are coming off of the fermentation vats can be collected and reused as a fuel. Yeah. Yeah. So pre-show, we were having a discussion about this, and I'm realizing I'm an idiot. Well, no, I mean, it's whatever. Uh, they have a nice little infographic here for, for everything, too, for the in the article. It's got a T-Rex skull in it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Zero fossil fuels is why. Uh, so uh, No, they they don't use any fossil fuels. They yeah. kill live T-Rexes. That's how they do it. Right. Well, obviously, that's what you have to do. Um, the mix of initiatives could avoid carbon emissions of up to 117,000 metric tons annually the equivalent of taking more than 25,000 cars off the road for an entire year, according to Diageo. The new facility also marks a major step in Diageo's aim to source 100% of its electricity from renewable sources by 2030. Uh, Quote, as a company, we know that our long-term sustainable growth depends on reducing our resilience on fossil fuels that contribute to climate change, Perry Jones, president of the North America Supply for Diageo. Uh, this is a significant step to strengthen our commitment to minimizing our carbon emissions and will result in an important reduction of Diageo's environmental impact on a global level. Look, I'm just saying an, an equal step that has been taken to reduce carbon footprint is canceling Nerdtacular so that you don't gather the four of us <laughs> in a high altitude <laughs> hotel room again. Yeah. Because the amount of carbon coming out of that room uh, methane coming out. Yeah, it, it was kind of unbearable when you take oh. high altitude and all that alcohol. Also, yeah. everything I'm seeing still shows that Diageo still owns Guinness. Really? Huh. Yeah. Weird. It was a weird search that happened, though. Uh, they may weird. have. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the the bullet thing sounds great. Honestly, um, mm-hmm. in fact, that would be a a super awesome place to tour when that's yeah. finally done. As soon as and, it was said, like, oh, like carbon neutral, I, I want to go see it. Are we yeah, just, I was like, it's, let's, can we go? Every right now, all these new distilleries are opening up just for tourism. Like, I still want to go to the new Heaven Hill uh, tourism uh, center that they were opening. Like yeah. that big, massive campus that's like built specifically with that in mind i think on that campus distilling is secondary Hmm. it's mostly for tourism but i still want to go there i mean yeah (laughs) it looked neat all right well what else could be neat (laughs) well i mean i guess if bullet worked up some kind of deal with local brewers afraid of their their beer going stale maybe they too could do some recycling 
Because 700 kegs of pandemic craft beer was turned into whiskey in Victoria with results surprising distillers. Pandemic uh, craft beer? <laughs> uh, some beer left sitting. Yeah. Ah, okay. For some... Uh, some a brewery is too much uh, a brewery with too much beer sounds ideal. However, for the team at Beechworth's Bridge Road Brewery, they found themselves in quite the dilemma. Uh, it was quite uh, when they found themselves with 700 kegs of uh, 700 beer kegs too many. Cafes, restaurants, and pubs had closed down uh, due to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, and the excess supply was proving problematic for the company with fried stuff with fresh ingredients, the product uh, that just left us with all the beer we'd normally sell, just sitting there getting real old, said uh, head brewer James Ditko. We weren't really sure how long it was going to go on. Not wanting to let the beer go stale, the company considered turning their beverage into hand sanitizer until they came all along up with a more delicious alternative and teamed with another beverage company, the Cr the Korowa Distilling Company. Yeah, I saw that name and I was like, uh... So, <laughs> since, you know, making beer is basically like making wort for, you know, you make wort for both. They decided to, uh, they made the, the beer compatible for the distillers to use as a base ingredient to turn into whiskey. So I do have to bring up, uh, I've been binging through Cincy Brewcast, and there is a finally opened brewery and distillery on uh, the north side of town. And they have, in that episode, they talk about a little more about it, but they've been doing that. So it's, they're like, it's great when you both brew beer and distill spirits. So when a batch of beer comes off not right, like something's off in it. It's like, well, then you can just take it and run it through the still and turn it into whiskey or something else. You're like, oh, that's not right. Put her over there. We'll <laughs> use every part of the buffalo. Yeah. So that's when they're like, even a bad batch of beer can come out to a, you know, a good spirit. Well, uh, it is, it is a tricky process to turn one popular drop into another. We have to be very careful with what beers we're mixing with other beers because when you get a then you get a different flavor profile. Uh, you can really mess up things pretty quickly if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, it's like it's a very hard job. We have to taste test a lot and match and make sure everything is going in there exactly right. It's a difficult job, but uh, someone's got to do it. <laughs> Uh, the results from turning the brewery's popular pale ale into whiskey were proving successful so far, with flavor notes from the beer carrying over to the whiskey product. Uh, the whiskey tastes exactly like the pale ale, pale ale beer you get in the bottle of the bottle shop. Huh. Pale ale whiskey. Hmm. That'd be interesting. That's foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> It's about 65% alcohol at the moment, and it's essentially like drinking a, drinking a beer. So it's got that really fruity, fragrant flavor that you've come to know from the Bridge Roads Pale Ale. We may find a little niche. to uh, It may even drop off our regular uh, whiskey production to keep producing our Bridge, uh, Bridge Road Pale Ale. And it's very, very tasty product. It'll That's take two years a... before it's ready to go, though. 
that's more of a tongue twister than anyone would realize. Like even my brain when I was trying to think it through, like George Road Pale Ale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, they are still brewing beer, but now are instead focusing on bottling and cans rather than kegs and are producing about 40% capacity of their pre-COVID output. Uh, so they're, they're hoping to, to rebuild and mend, but in the meantime, you know, get some whiskey. Always good. Always, always, always a good decision. Uh, or, well, maybe not always. <laughs> uh, so I guess since they're doing recycling for this, I guess someone else has to use a massive waste of resources somewhere <laughs> else. Yeah, someone's got to be completely dropping the resources into something else. Maybe, what, possibly. What, Chris, All tell right. me what a rosé, tell me what, what rosé the robot is. <laughs> it's I, the best name, first of all. No, course. no, it's not. <laughs> what or if... What if the robot had was dressed like a maid? No, no. Because I'm, I'm, I'm because then it would be the Jetsons housekeeper, Rosie. During the coronavirus pandemic, enterprising breweries and wineries have turned to their dogs to provide contactless alcohol delivery. That is In, the best one. This yeah. one is dumb. <laughs> In California wine country, one hotel is employing a more high-tech solution. Robots. Look, I'm not against robots. I do, however, think that if you have the dogs, let them go. Let them do this. Taking jo You're taking jobs from good, hardworking dogs who want we, pets. I would, yes, I would love to give give the puppy pets. That, that's what I would want most in the world. I would I would be ordering beer and <laughs> liquor just to just pet the dog. Oh, aren't you a good boy? Oh God, my liver can't keep taking all these pettings. Sir, this is your fifth delivery today. I don't care. <laughs> so at the Hotel Trio in Heldsburg, California, the affectionately named Rose the Robot delivers hotel necessities such as snacks, towels, beer, and most importantly, bottles of wine. How many in bottles order... of wine? <sighs> two Three? bottles of wine. Three bottles of wine. D no, just, just two. Two oh. bottles of wine. <laughs> In order to complete a delivery, Rose the robot uses sensors to smoothly navigate elevators and hotel floors. Look, I'm I'm pretty sure it's just a Roomba. I'm like, just picturing a really drunk Rosie the Riveter now. Oh like a Rose the Riveter. Just oh whatever. It's really just the uh the um the wide range the word rose can be for. So no, I'm just picturing it's just a Roomba that they uh that they like velcro bottles. Of wine too. The picture looks like a Roomba with uh, with an echo on top. <laughs> Once outside a room, uh, Rosé calls the hotel room phone of the guest. When the guest opens the door, a monitor on the robot greets them, and the top compartment opens, safely presenting any ordered items without human contact. So. I'm, I, I guess it probably is more like uh, the robots at uh, the robots I would see a lot at the the Toyota plant when you yeah. go through there because they have some that like just deliver stuff from one end to the other and it's just they move slowly and they just kind of do 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 they'll play music so you know they're there uh, <laughs> that you can hear over the sound of other robots is, is it building machines and crushing people if it's not dun dun 
I'm gonna be real upset. You mean for for Rose the robot? No, for the robots in the the plant. Oh no, it's not. No. Uh, well, now is an excellent time to utilize contact deli- contactless delivery. Hotel Trio has actually employed Rose the robot for quite some time, according to the Sonoma Magazine. The innovative butler has been working hard for Hotel Trio since 2018. Rose and similar robots are produced by Saviokia, a California-based company that has supplied hotels nationwide. Uh, Much like Rose, other robots are programmed to specific hotels using uploaded maps to navigate their own hotel layouts. I don't want to know what else they're using those robots for, but I'm certain it's no good. Yeah. I'm just saying one of those robots would have completely changed the story for uh, Smoke... Was it Smoke and Aces? Uh, the, the big action movie with Ryan Reynolds. And, yeah, I, I'm, I'm familiar. I remember the trailers for it, but I never watched it. The, where there's some mob boss's son, that's the spoiler, hmm. um, is holed up in the penthouse and uh, the everyone thinks there's a big like million dollar hit on him. So all the crazy ass hitmen fall out of the woodwork and Ryan Reynolds is there to bring him in for questioning. And then they find out he's an FBI informant Mm -hmm. like the whole time. And that it's not the hit wasn't to kill him. It was to bring him back. So his uh, basically, so he could be killed, but they were going to take his heart and give it to his dad who still runs the organized crime. Jesus. And that's like the ending of it is, I'll just spoil the whole thing for y'all because it's Apparently. Ryan Reynolds collapsed at the very end, just like sitting between the two hospital beds while they've got them both hooked up and he pulls a plug on both of them. Hmm. Well, okay. Uh, you know what might be a little healthier for you than uh, having Ryan Reynolds pull the plug for you? <laughs> Drinking. <laughs> yeah. I mean... So allegedly... <laughs> allegedly... Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, th- this story just kind of s- screams allegedly uh, a new study that uh, a daily drink may improve brain function. I'm going to say my life is a study to the contrary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, after a typical day of work, an alcoholic beverage can be the perfect way to unwind or relax. Uh, one new study suggests that consuming a drink a day might even be good for brain health, too. Is that going to outweigh liver health and other organ health? Kidney function. Uh, yeah, that's it's like you got to really balance the scales there. Uh, on Monday, international peer-reviewed medical journal, JAMA, that's how I'm saying that. Uh, It'd be JAMA. <laughs> published a study linking moderate alcohol intake to improved cognitive function. The study focused on middle and older aged adults, measuring the relationship between alcohol consumption and aging. Have we gotten there yet? We're, we're on our way. God, let's not talk about that. <laughs> feel it. Uh, according to researchers in their, in their analysis, the results showed that those with low to moderate weekly drinking habits, 15 or fewer drinks for men, eight or fewer drinks for women, indicated higher results for cognitive health and slower rates of brain function decline compared with non-drinkers. I wonder if it, well, they'll probably say on here because I haven't looked at it, but like what kind of drink? <laughs> uh, 
The participant group included 19,887 individuals from the University of Michigan's Health and Retirement Study with an average age of 61.8 years old. So yeah, we're not there yet. Uh, over a period of 12 years, participants were sent surveys to test cognitive function, mental status, word recall, and vocabulary. The study also took into account several or, or self-reported drinking habits. Furthermore, the study found a wide difference in cognitive results based on racial and ethnic groups. According to Jam's conclusions, the better cognition, cognition scores were stronger for white individuals than for black individuals. Uh, <laughs> like, uh... Yeah, uh, the uh, director of the uh, Dementia Center for Research Collaboration in Australia, few studies have evaluated whether the effects are similar in different racial or ethnic groups. This finding raises the possibility that ethnic groups vary in their vulnerability to, to the cognitive effects of alcohol. The study also found a U-shaped relationship between drinking and brain functioning, meaning binge drinking doesn't result in a benefit to brain health. Damn. Wow. What a shock. Uh, the cognitive... <laughs> I know, right? See, Kurt Curtis is down there with it, too. Damn. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, the cognitive benefit has a maximum in regards to drinking intake around 10 to four drink or 10 to 14 drinks as shown in the findings. How many years have we been doing Oktoberfest hard? I mean, <laughs> yeah, we've, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I can't seem to remember. Um, Neither can I. I did, uh, 10 uh -oh. to 14 drinks a week though. I'm still just like, that's not small number. Like that's <laughs> a fraction of what college was for me well I mean, that's a separate yeah that's <laughs> it, was, it was nothing for a case of little kings to go down in an afternoon in college it's also little kings it's like it's not <laughs> I feel like a giant <laughs> man yeah. little kings and uh mickey's have had a very very strong place in this this episode oddly enough strong place in my heart oh geez <sighs> okay well that is a great place to uh, to leave off this episode. <laughs> so uh, we'd like to remind everyone that this is our news-only show, but we also do the weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. Coming up next. Yes. Uh, if you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, you can go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow, or you can go to haveadrinkstore.com for any of our lovely merchandise. I, I don't know of anyone who's wearing them right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> it's really hard to chug uh, a macadamia nut stout with <laughs> coconut and coffee. Is it? I feel like that's uh, that's quitter talk right there. So you can't say that to Bob. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't say things like it's difficult to chug something. God, I'm a monster. <laughs> you monster. Ooh, all right. Uh, well, we need to slap a bow on the main show and get that rolling out to you guys. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, an intro is clearly already been written, and I'm not going to have to do it right now. I'm not. I'm clearly not watching you do it.
not writing the live in the dark. Uh, yeah, uh, we all we're gonna <laughs> difficult. Yeah, it is relative. <laughs> uh, oh, for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we will um head off of this stream and probably yeah a few more minutes and then go back on live for the main show. So we will see you guys in a few minutes. Grab your favorite pale ale, American pale ale. Yes. Topic of the show. <laughs>